happy Monday and welcome to the dinner table with me, Aislinn Campbell, and my sidekick, Joe Hilliard. <laughs> there he is. Keep that in. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us this week. We hope you will pull up a chair and grab your favorite beverage. We are doing a midday recording. Joe is having a beer. (laughs) What it is. And I'm drinking some water. You've been my beer partner. I mean, from the very beginning of our relationship, we enjoyed craft beer. You threw me a birthday party at one of the local beer pizza places known for its beer and they brought in a special keg of special beer for the birthday party that was back before anyone down here had any clue about anything craft beer at all right (laughs) and then we took a little vacation to that brewery up in the hill country of texas Uh one of our first little trips together we fell in love with nitros and flights and all the things then you went grain free yeah about a year and a half at this point Which means that you quit drinking beer. Something and it makes me sick. So so. my beer consumption at home has gone down. So when you and I go out, I noticed that you began doing a little more craft cocktailing than when we might have shared a beer before. Wine, Prosecco, and Champagne. But then the pandemic hit and we're not going out anymore. One of the things that I've figured out is that, of course, you're going to do things to make you happy. But you're also going to do things to make me happy. Mm. And if I'm into cocktails, well, then you're going to become the best cocktail maker in town. Well, my love language is acts of service. Yes, absolutely. Which made me think, okay, so I almost reposted this. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a picture of some kind of a box. And it was stood up with a like a stick. Like a trap. Like yeah. a trap. Uh-huh. And then underneath the trap, it had like... White Claws and Marlboros and a thing of Starbucks type coffee. Uh-huh. And did you see what I I'm talking about? I didn't see this one, no. Oh, it had a sign that said tacos. Right. And then the meme was basically, I'm trying to catch myself a woman. <laughs> and my first response was... I'm not falling for that trap. There might be a reason you're having a hard time catching a woman. Or the right kind of woman. Right. And then I actually tagged you in it because I said, I dare Joe Hilliard to tell the world the bait he uses to trap me. When did you do this? A couple days ago. I totally missed it. But I also think that the listeners of this podcast would find that pretty entertaining. And they already know what those things are. I mean, they say that a path to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's a very big generalization because the path to your heart is through your stomach. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we've created the lifestyle that we have here at the home with the food that you bring in and I prepare. That's not even where it started, Aislinn. It started with buying somewhere a martini that was $15 and me knowing the contents of that martini to probably equal a dollar and a half. No, a martini is easy to make. It's vermouth, gin, or vodka, and you shake it up, you know, and then you can get, you can go nuts from there and make it very, very elaborate, but uh, I can make this at my house for much, much less than $15. This is the story of our life, man. We can do this better at home. Well, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I'd like to expand my bar, for lack of a better word, and be able to make a few cocktails well. The question... What three cocktails should someone be able to make at a moment's notice? And of course, we throw our subjective tastes in there. So, okay, what three cocktails do we want to be able to make at a moment's notice? I presented the question to you. 
with my caveat of the martini that we make, where I have you know have olive juice yep. expressly purchased for this in the refrigerator. Yeah, so I really like your martinis. I like really dirty martinis. Since you and I have been together, my feeling about olives. Yeah, you have a real love hate relationship with the olives. I used to hate olives. I used to hate olives. Now I desire, I crave good olives and olive juice. For me, you don't really make like a martini so much as like a cold olive juice <laughs> with <laughs> cold some vodka spiked in olive it. juice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a marketable so, item right there. Yeah, exactly. Then I, we found ourselves at one of the places that we'll go grab a drink, and you told the bartender. I want a champagne cocktail. And the one you landed on that day was called, it's called the French 75. Yes. And that's my drink of choice. You if enjoyed I walk it up so to much. The bar, yeah. First thing, nine times out of 10, at this point in my life, I'm going to say, make me a champagne cocktail. Now, the French 75 is gin mixed with lemon juice. Add a little simple syrup, which is sugar water, mm -hmm. and then top it off with champagne and put yourself a lemon twist. In order to make that at home, I had to overcome a prejudice against gin because mm. gin is one of those things where I just patently refused to consider for no good reason whatsoever. So now when I say expanding that bar, you've got a bottle of gin so that if the mood strikes you to have one of those French 75s, mm -hmm. I can make it with no problem. Yeah. Standard for me Go ahead. is absolutely the margarita. Do you remember that time when we were like trying to figure out where you could actually get a good margarita in our area? Yes. Yeah, because you kind of explained to me, there are no margaritas in this town that are quote unquote real margaritas. And we live in the south near the border where the reason mar margaritas became the cocktail of choice down here is because we live in a citrus, mm -hmm. pepper. Yeah tequila right. <laughs> part of the world <laughs> like, come on make me something with citrus no. and pepper and tequila however i also think that no matter where you're from once you've been introduced to a margarita you're like yeah margaritas <laughs> yeah and our problem with the margarita during that little challenge thing we did was how heavily restaurants and bars rely on just sugary whatever that sweet sour, sour stuff yeah triple sec I want fresh citrus. You want a real fresh margarita. citrus. Right. You yeah. want it made from scratch as much as possible, which means that I recently picked up a bottle of orange liqueur, because there's your margarita. Mm -hmm. Tequila, fresh lime juice, orange liqueur, some simple syrup if you need to put a little sweet on it to offset that acidity. My tequila of choice is silver tequila mm -hmm. and Grand Marnier. With a worm in it. That's Moscow. If the margarita is really sweet, it's not a good margarita, y'all. I mean, you might like it, and that's fine. I'm not judging you for what you choose to like, but it's not a real margarita. A real margarita is a tart citrus with a little bit of sweet, and you can taste the tequila in it. Mm -hmm. That's a good margarita. So our bar ever expanding, I said, on my list, I should be able to make, when anyone walks in the door anytime, if they want it, an old-fashioned yeah, see, that one doesn't... See, this is a bourbon drink. Because if I'm going to drink whiskey or scotch, mm -hmm. I'm just going to drink that with a big old ice cube in it. I don't care about a mix you don't... In my, for that mix in my house. So I picked up some Angostura bitters mm -hmm. and a bottle of Maker's Mark so that I could add that to sugar and an orange peel twist. Mm, I've been using the rest of your oranges in my smoothies. <laughs> He's twisting off all the peels of the oranges. 
When it comes to our eating and drinking, we're like the Eskimos. <laughs> Every part of everything must be used. Absolutely. So I leave out the orange <laughs> that has been, has the peel peeled off of it. And yeah, you can throw it into a smoothie. I'm glad to help you. Aw, thanks. Well, my other one that I think is a standard in a household, besides a margarita, is a Bloody Mary. Oh, boy. You got to have a Bloody Mary. I know you like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you've already got the bottle of vodka in the house, which you need to keep around if you want to be able to make one on a moment's notice is some higher quality tomato juice, vegetable juice cocktail, or even like a product like Clamato. Well, you don't have to have Clamato. There's actually a better option. Keeping canned either in a like can that you pop open or just like canned in a jar tomato juice basically in your pantry and then in your refrigerator just like you keep your worcestershire sauce right that you would put in this as well you also have available like anchovy sauce or clam juice you know and you can keep those for a very long time in your refrigerator just like you can keep tabasco the other things that you would put in there Right. right Yeah. You've but and all the rest of it you should probably already have in your refrigerator, except if you want that flavor of clam, anchovy, whatever. A lot of people like that. I do. You keep a little jar of that with your wish. My jar, olive juice is going in your, your Bloody juice. Mary too. See, okay, and here's the other thing: the best pepperoncini juice might be all that. Oh, okay. I have a couple of things about this. Number one, the best places that make Bloody Marys also do something with like pickle juice, like a pickle popsicle. You want me to keep those around? No, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to buy one out in public, uh-huh. that, that you got to look for those. The other thing that you did the other day, which was like stellar, I was like, man, this guy, if you put that under a box with a little stand up next to it, that Bloody Mary you made me the other day, yeah. you'd catch me. <laughs> it was this I could throw away the cigarettes. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> okay, so... He's got these little stakes that he used. What do you call those? The the things you use? Skewers. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll use like a stick of celery, which is good too. Like you could have That's a stick of celery That's just me trying to create stirring. the bar experience. When you go get a Bloody Mary anywhere, you're going to get a stalk of celery in there. Right. But you didn't have any celery that day. So instead you use... If I have it, I put it in. If I don't, I don't. The skewer. He skewered on the skewer a stack of like olives and tiny little gherkins dill pickles which are my favorite by the way and pepperoncini pepperoncinis Mm -hmm. and i don't even know what else a whole skewer stick of them and so then as i was like drinking my drink i could like just pop one off you know because because what ends up happening a lot of times is they just shove it all at the top of your glass and then you stir with your celery stalk which is fine you're stirring with your celery stalk but then all that stuff goes to the bottom of your glass and then you're Gonna digging, retrieve it and, you're digging yeah. your COVID hands down in your glass right. to get your stuff out. And I don't really want to dig my COVID hands down into my glass that I'm drinking out of. And so I end up just leaving all that good stuff down at the bottom. But if you have a skewer, then you can like get it off your skewer or you can like stab a pickle. That's right. <laughs> it's a violent experience, these Bloody Marys. They don't call them bloody for no reason at all. <laughs> it's a very simple question. What cocktail should someone be able to make at a moment's notice in their home. And if your answers are different than ours, we'd love to hear from you. Where do they find us? Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. Talk at dinnertabletalks.com. Who even checks that? Dinner ta- I, t- I check it. Dinnertabletalks.com where you can also become a monthly supporter, which we appreciate. It's there. Ooh. Unanswered questions. questions. 
we teased last week, busting through our prejudices, beginning to understand a little bit more about Beyond Meat, Impossible Burger, Gardein, all kinds of brands of a hugely emerging trend in food, and that is the plant-based meat alternative. I spoke to our vegan chef friend, by the way. Oh? Yes. And she would like to come on the podcast very much so. So let's get her scheduled. Prejudice is a funny thing. It exists in all of us for all kinds of different things. And I believe that it's very smart. It's wise of us to kind of root those things out. Why are we prejudiced against this or that or him or her? And it's not because of them. (laughs) Can I please add that in there? Well, no, it's mean it's 100% personal. Right. When we talked about our free birds taco order two weeks ago and Beyond Meat was an option that you can put into your burrito. Both of us were like, no, 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 we would never eat that. But why wouldn't we? I mean, that's really the essential question. And should we feel that way? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe this is exactly what people that want to, you know, reduce the amount of meat that they eat for whatever reason. Well, for me, if I think about a place like Freebirds, it's really easy to say I would not choose that because I don't need that. Like, I don't need fake meat. I'm with you. I don't need something that looks like a chicken nugget. That's not a chicken nugget. However, a place where that is different is in the place of a sandwich or a hamburger where I want to have the feeling of having a hamburger. The other thing to consider is that you can find anything you want to on the internet. If I approached this project by saying, I'm going to find out why Beyond Burgers, Beyond Meat is bad, I'm going to find that. Yes, you are. But if I'm going to have the opposite tact, I'm going to find that too. So I try to go in completely objectively and really just talk about facts. This is an article from Women's Health Magazine that I landed on just to kind of guide us through the conversation. It may look like raw meat in the package and cook up all juicy to medium rare perfection, but this trendy burger is actually totally plant-based. The company says on their website that they wanted to make a burger that looks, cooks, and tastes like a beef burger without the environmental and health problems that can come with red meat. I'm glad to hear this because if it is completely 100% plant-based, then that does change my... I want to know more, but do you remember that... When we first got together and we didn't have access to a lot of the local farm meat because I hadn't started Grow Local yet and that hadn't gotten a strong network, that we would go to a place in Austin, Texas, Uh that did vegan sausage patties. Yes. And I loved them. Yes. And the reason they're red, because they have beets in them. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. The brand recently updated their formula for what they call to be an even meatier flavor and texture from the original product. Their goal was to create marbling designed to melt and tenderize like traditional ground beef. I don't know if you've seen them in the package that you can buy at the grocery store. It looks like... Yeah, because I haven't been to the grocery store in like 18 months, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. So let's start with the facts. Here is a Beyond Burger ingredient list. And that's where the consumer can start. Turn it over and look and see what is inside of it. Mm -hmm. Long list. Water, pea protein, expeller-pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, rice protein, natural flavors, cocoa butter, mung bean protein, methyl cellulose, potato starch, apple extract, pomegranate extract, salt, potassium chloride, vinegar, lemon juice concentrate, sunflower lecithin, beet juice extract. Uh Some people say that there are no vegetables in this burger. Mm-hmm. They're not grinding up tomatoes, carrots, celery, whatever, pick your vegetable, and forming it into a thing that looks like meat. Some people will say that they're so intent on delivering what appears to look like meat 
aren't really vegetable, but you can call them plant-based. Well, yeah, I mean, rice isn't a vegetable, but it's (laughs) plant-based. Just like we'll tell our vegan vegetarian teenage friends, if you're eating nothing but bread and cheese all the time, or just bread for that matter, your health is not going to be better just because you didn't eat meat. Now, if you put the nutrition... Now, your conscience might feel better, and I understand that, but your health isn't going to be better. Now, the nutrition information, if you put four ounces of ground beef next to four ounces of Beyond Burger and you compare them all, you're not saving on calories, fat, carbs, fiber, sugar, or protein. They're almost identical to one another. Mm-hmm. With the exception of sodium, there's much, much more sodium in a Beyond Burger than there is ground beef. And you're right. The beet juice extract is there for one reason, to mimic the bloodiness of beef. Okay, so if I go to some place and they don't have grass-fed beef that I'm willing to eat, and the main thing they're doing there is hamburgers, and everybody's having hamburgers, I like a hamburger. Oh, yeah, I know you do. Right? I would definitely eat it. But going back to the original thing with free birds, I have no interest in that because I don't need that in my burrito to make my burrito feel like a great, delicious burrito. I'm just a complicated either eater. Now, how about I look at We're going to go to a place that has grain-free hamburger buns and either grass-fed beef or not where vegan. We cur- not in the city we live in, but when we travel, we could certainly find that. And those are the kinds of experiences that we look for on purpose. Yes. While we're discussing vegan and grain-free things, I had a meeting yesterday with a chef friend, uh-huh. Chris Prado. Him and his wife are going to help us host a farm-to-table cooking experience on the farm. Oh, fantastic. And they actually do listen to the podcast. And he said, have you all used yucca yet? No, but I know what yucca is. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of the grain-free choices that we're getting right now are in that same like root, carby root family. Right. So arrowroot, cassava, Mm -hmm. yucca, plantain, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. Now, almond is a nut. that wouldn't count. Yeah, almond isn't in the root family. (laughs) I'm just trying to sound cool and smart. Continue, but what he continue said was, without me. That's yeah. probably the best thing to do. <laughs> now you know why I don't pause and wait for you to interject into the conversation. I'm like, he didn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm just going to keep talking and he'll, he'll have to jump in when he has something intelligent to say. <laughs> he says, grind up, process your yucca. Uh-huh. And then you just literally lay it out like in the shape of a pizza crust. And he said it comes out really nice like non-bread pizza crust. So... The grain-free challenge, challenge uh, for the pizza crust is not over yet? Challenge, challenge, challenge. Oh, yeah, challenge always accepted on this show. Beyond Burger does not give any information about how they take that long list of ingredients and create the product that they do. So these are all the facts we have to work with. Nutrition information, list of products. The rest of it is all emotion and subjective thought. That meat patty is too processed for me to feel good about. Right. I understand what you're saying. And I don't even eat raw. I mean, I eat a, raw, a lot of raw food, but raw eating is not exactly my thing. I ate a carrot out of the garden the other day. It was the best carrot you ever ate? No, I crunched on sand for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, okay, to the point. <laughs> I know the I moment about that, that you put it under water, you have begun mm-hmm. processing the mm-hmm. carrot. The moment Peel you it. slice the mm-hmm. carrot. The reason I brought up the carrot thing specifically is because, yeah, that's always been kind of like one of our ends of the spectrum things to think about. On one end of the spectrum, you pull the carrot out of the dirt and you eat it. On the other end of the spectrum, you eat Twinkies. Right. But in my head, the great folks at Beyond Burger that are taking the long, long list of ingredients, 
the methyl cellulose, the potato starch, the pomegranate extract. I don't know what pomegranate extract is. I don't know what a pomegranate is. They're extracting something from it. It's like you... an essential oil, basically. You're, you're extracting the juice from the vegetable or the plant. And they're probably doing that to give it a burst of like... Um, well, first of all, they're giving it for redness because mm-hmm. that helps with the color as well. Right. But then also it's tart. And so to they're, balance they're out some good out flavors. Flavor, yeah. mm-hmm. The sad part about it is, is that when you live in a place where that and salad is your only options for being a vegan, <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember when it was pretty challenging. It's definitely better than it used to be. Sure. I mean, the idea of being grain free right now or gluten intolerant. I'm not 100% grain free anymore. But the idea of being that in this community right now is way easier than it was before. And I know that in other parts of the world and in other parts of the country, they don't even understand. You guys don't even understand why we're talking about it because y'all have been living with it for decades. The other thing that I think that Beyond Burger and Impossible Meat and all of them have done is market it wonderfully. They've marketed it as a healthy choice. They've marketed it as a, it tastes and looks and feels just like it, so why not do this? And when you consider the list of chain restaurants and grocery stores that carry it, that have a sticker on their door when you walk in, beautifully marketed. Wonderful. Marketing it to an audience that will buy social justice. But, you know, and again, disclaimer of, if you're enjoying this, enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, you do you. And we're going to say that over and over again. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that we have a podcast where we have to talk about things. (laughs) So no offense. (laughs) Well, a few episodes back, we had our regular routine of seasonal crawfish boils. And I think more are probably coming maybe even this year. Oh, yeah. But you can guarantee on finding them in season three because it's a part of who we are. But one of the things that I suggested after we had had a kind of a big crawfish boil for my dad's birthday and there was some leftover crawfish and we shelled it all. And so a couple of weeks ago, you made a crawfish chowder mm-hmm. and it was excellent. I really, really, really liked it. And then there were two other things that I had listed. And one of those was a crawfish omelet. And, you know, I don't even know that was my first question. how that came you to said, mind. I, I, we're going to have leftover crawfish dishes. I want crawfish chowder. I want a crawfish omelet. I want jambalaya. Now, the first and the third totally make sense. <laughs> Where did a crawfish omelet came from? And I thought to myself, maybe in Louisiana. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere from something, it just dropped in. Now, I make omelets. Yes, regularly. Omelets it's are one right. of your... It, back in the early days before you were like chef extraordinaire at the home. Oh, thank you. Omelette was your thing. You made omelettes. There's a horrible movie called Deep Blue Sea with LL Cool J and Samuel L. Oh, Jackson. God, yes. And LL Cool J is a chef in this movie on the boat that the sharks are attacking. <laughs> and he, as he's about to get eaten, starts screaming out his secret to omelettes that everyone else has been trying to get from him for the entire other part of the movie. He says, it's just eggs. There's no milk. There's no water. And that's my attitude, too, when it comes to omelets. You just do eggs. I mean, if LL Cool J says to do it, (laughs) I'm going to do it. Is that why your tongue's always out in all the pictures people take of you? Well, I promise, Mama, not to (laughs) knock you out. No, no, Mama said knock you out. Now, if you tell me to knock someone out, I'm going to. Just like LL Cool J teaches us. But I found a recipe called the Big Easy Crawfish Omelet that turned my omelet making on its head. So we had a delicious omelet last night with a side of 
roasted potatoes mm-hmm. and one of those beautiful salads with all my goodies in it. It calls for eggs and then additional egg whites. Now, I've seen this done before. It could be a take on the egg white omelet where people are reducing within the total amount of egg inside the omelet the amount of yolk. It's one whole egg to two egg white ratio. Mm-hmm. But to that, you're also going to whisk in a tablespoon. That's tablesp- probably to make it a little more fluffy and yeah, frothy airy yeah uh one tablespoon of fresh chives i use the greens off of some i have chives uh, you should have told me you needed those okay next time okay and i got extra meat from what i've thought out so if you wanted to do a, a different version of the crawfish omelet with some chives in it it'd be t- totally down but then also a tablespoon of water and a quarter teaspoon of hot sauce i just gave it a tiny squirt of sriracha it was a little spicy i noticed that i, I thought you, was it was it, was it too spicy i think if i'm completely honest and i'm always going to be yeah it didn't Dis- that's not I wouldn't necessary. order it again. Like, okay. I, okay, so here's the thing. I can see myself in the right brunch situation mm-hmm. ordering a crawfish omelet. Mm-hmm. This was dinner. Yes. I'm with you. Well, no, no, I don't think you are because it didn't have anything to do with it being dinner. It had to do with the fact that I'd order that once. I'm not with you. <laughs> not always. <laughs> At brunch, here's what I thought you were saying. At brunch, this is a full, it was a big hearty meal it was huge a lot of food yeah at brunch that made sense but at dinner your breakfast gene is not turned on okay no that's not what i meant at all i'm gonna be quiet what i meant was it was attractive the idea was fantastic i was excited about it it was a beautiful plate of food i can see myself being at a very fancy say let's say when we get a chance to go off onto some fancy vacation like new orleans all right and we go somewhere that has a Crawfish omelet on the menu? Crawfish omelet on the menu. I would order that. So that's the way I felt last night. Like, of course, I would order this, but I wouldn't order it again. It was a good use of the crawfish we had left over, but it's not going to go on our rotation. It just wasn't that great. Like, I didn't... And I wonder, my next question for this particular thing is, Uh is it because we used crawfish that was already boiled from the crawfish boil with the crawfish boil seasoning? But I have found that the crawfish boil seasoning these last couple boils aren't permeating deep, deep, deep into the meat and making it too spicy. Yeah, I think it would have been better if the crawfish meat hadn't already been flavored. And now that I know you added sriracha to it, that's probably why I didn't like it. Oh, I'm not done adding to. No, I know why you didn't like it. Here I go. What you put in the middle of this, because I haven't mentioned crawfish meat yet, is another mixture that you've made prior to getting started, which is your crawfish meat, a tablespoon of Cajun seasoning. It had too much. Okay. And then a uh, little bit of sour cream. I use, uh, used, of course, the Greek yogurt. Okay. The problem so with your... that recipe was the Cajun seasoning. Okay. That's good to know moving forward because we're going to have plenty of leftover pre-seasoned crawfish meat mm-hmm. in our lives. Right. Okay. So then you cook your omelet on one side. Mm-hmm. Then you spread that like... Paste. It's like a crawfish salad, like a chicken mm-hmm. salad, crawfish mm-hmm. salad that you've made. Then you put your cheese. Then you fold it in half. What was the flavor of the cheese, too? Because I know you were using local cheese. Yeah, I used our local Canali Farm cheese that had rosemary garlic in it. Yeah, I think you had too many flavors. There's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I've... definitely, now that I know, you put a tablespoon. Okay. So it was too spicy and too salty. It was too... I've got enough crawfish to do another crawfish omelet. Maybe mm-hmm. next week we won't devote a lot of time to it, but I'll try it my way. Yes. Longtime listeners of the podcast are going to understand that I've got big, big feelings about social media and partisan politics. An article came through my Facebook feed that crystallized the way that I felt mm-hmm. 
The title of it is Your Addiction to Outrage is Ruining Your Life. I want to even say the author's name, Pete Ross. You can find it at medium.com. Yeah, and in my little bubble algorithm that I've created. Uh, You're good at it. <laughs> my people thought that was freaking amazing, this article. Yeah, a lot of people did on mine too. Thank you. Oh my God, that expresses exactly what I've been trying to say. Mm-hmm. Let me read the intro. In 2020, Outrage is, it came out in August mm-hmm. last year. In 2020, outrage is the latest drug of society. It's more acceptable than alcohol, and it's more addictive than anything you can swallow, smoke, or ingest. Because while heroin or methamphetamine are clearly harmful, anger feels so damn righteous. Mm -hmm. After all, that other political party, I don't care which political party you align with, the other one, is ruining the world. Their supporters hate America, or whatever country you're in. People are too selfish. We're not doing enough for the poor. Women don't have enough rights. Men don't have enough rights. Those people are racist. That group doesn't recognize their privilege. You know what I think about when I think about all of that stuff real quick is that what if the person that you're listening to talk doesn't align with any one of the parties and you've already pointed them at the like, you think your outrage is at a party, but it's not even at a party. Well, like, that... The reason I say that is because mm-hmm. in the same day, literally, literally, in the same day, and I understand that literally gets overused, especially by me, When you said the same podcast, day, we all, we all believed you. No, literally, the same day, y'all. Two different people in two different conversations, one called me red and one called me blue. No, that's because you're a chameleon. I don't know if it's because I'm a chameleon. I stand by my core values. Mm-hmm. It's confirm- Mine. It's confirmation bias, a term that does not come up in this article. But it's exactly what I was saying about prejudice and looking up uh, facts online about the Beyond Burger. I could have found the facts that aligned with my preconceived point of view, pulled those, ignored the others, and just gone, you know, clearly I was right before I even started. Yeah, that's been an ongoing conversation. Well, you're presenting a political ideology in yourself that doesn't align with what people believe. So I imagine the one person that called you red and one person that called you blue was saying that you were on the wrong team, both sides. In other words, because you're presenting (laughs) something that's not exactly what aligns with what I understand this or that party or this or that stance on this or that social issue to be, you are the opposite one. Because we, have all, we only have two teams to choose from. Let me skip down a little bit. The biggest problem with outrage, however, is that it has been weaponized. And in the past, I've said it's a game and you're a pawn. They, they are playing you. So when it says that it's been weaponized, outrage, outrage sells like crazy. Because it's a strong emotion. Two decades ago, I was studying... Marketing, advertising, communication, media. We were, be- we were being taught by our professors to use emotion, to use outrage, to use sex. Don't misunderstand me that in my journalism classes, the journalism professors were trying to teach you to really understand how to get the information from the person so that you can give a fair, unbiased opinion. They were trying to teach that. But in all of my marketing, advertising, communication classes... In my persuasive communications class, uh-huh. how do I persuade you to buy, support, click, click, whatever idea I'm selling you? It doesn't matter. How do I persuade you right. with my communication skills to do what I want you to do? How do I manipulate you with my visual images? That's what we were taught to do. Of course. The best advertising marketing people of course do that really really well and so two decades ago i started saying like 
you do know that that thing you're screaming at over there, they did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. They, well, they yeah. want exactly what you're yeah. doing. The article goes on to say, the biggest problem with outrage, however, is it has been weaponized. Outrage sells like crazy because it's a strong emotion and strong emotions force people into action. That's why political parties, instead of coming together to find solutions, whip their supporters into a frenzy of anger against the other side. It's more effective to be reelected if I'm... Let me me calm down. (laughs) It's more effective to be Mm reelected if you... These days, 2020, 2021, if you can convince your constituency that you are there to thwart the other side, which is evil, both sides do it, rather than when I get up to Washington... I'm going to form bipartisan allegiances so that we can actually effectively get work done. That isn't sexy. It doesn't sell. And the other thing that you need to understand about marketing sales, advertising, let's say a decade ago when the marketing advertising people knew that a new generation as big as the baby boomers were going to begin buying things and they wanted you to be authentic and they only would buy authenticity. I mean, we were told you got to sell authenticity. Does that change the honesty? Or does it mean that you craft your visual images, your wording, and everything to align with someone to believe you are authentically outraged with the same thing they are authentically outraged with? Yeah, or you narrow your potential buying audience into a smaller segment that might be, ooh, I'm going to be controversial, more educated or more intelligent to be able to wade through the garbage and just authentically connect with the product that you are selling them that they actually really need. One of the many things I learned running a nonprofit is it doesn't matter how educated people are about certain subjects. Someone can be extremely educated, but that doesn't mean that they understand the health of nutritious foods and organic and any of that or they don't buy into the convenience culture or they don't you know i mean all of the reasons why in my opinion education and wealth doesn't make the difference Mm -hmm. i learned that in the last decade of my life corporations are now getting in on the action too they weaponize your outrage (laughs) they weaponize weaponize your outrage to sell their products colin copernic all of them nike sales increased 31 percent after the ads were released or other people were burning their shoes and caused a $6 billion brand increase. You think they, no, the article says, you think they put that ad out there to take a social stand? They used your outrage to cash in and they cashed in big time. It's funny to me, if it weren't for the outrage, I wouldn't know about 95% of the things people are talking about. Exactly. Like, the only reason I know that Satan shoes exist is because people keep talking about Satan shoes. The only reason I why I honestly don't know what Satan shoes are, but the, I know people are outraged about it. The uh, My daughter was talking about Satan shoes in the car. She goes, did you see the video? I said, I didn't see the video, but I saw that they sold out and there's a drop of blood in each shoe and that Nike is suing them because they don't want anyone to be confused with the notion that Nike is involved in this whatsoever. And she goes, no, you need to watch the video. The music video. I said, okay, well, well, why? And she said, because the video is designed to just piss people off. Of course. I said, that reminds me of Madonna when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I would laugh and laugh as a kid, a dumb, dumb kid, laugh at the adults that were screaming about this or that. The only reason why I watched the WAP video with Cardi B and Megan D. Stallion that, that was on the Grammys was because so many people that were outraged at it wouldn't shut up about it. 
My my and problem with the whole that, thing is 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 that is you're that doing whole, the opposite of what you intend with your outrage. You're making people. You're well, driving people but, to the thing that you, you already don't know want them to that say. that's what it is. We used to argue about that forever, like the Passion of the Christ thing. It's like no one would even yeah. like that movie would not made of any not have made much money had you not come out so screamingly loudly. against it. And every they're all that way. Right. They're all that way. And no one learns their lesson from it. Don't look at it. Guess who were the first people to go out and buy NWA albums immediately after it got a parental advisory sticker on it? Everybody that I knew. Every kid. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing that I'm not allowed to see? Let me see it. You know, the article goes on to say the mainstream media, which is the most, the stupidest phrase now, when I watch people talk about mainstream media as if the media that they're involved in and they do approve isn't part of the exact same thing, but okay. The mainstream media is by far the worst culprit, and this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Without having your attention, they don't have a business model. Mm-hmm. They have to make you keep clicking and tuning in. Otherwise, their advertising dollars dry up. In this climate, when mm-hmm. people, fewer people are watching network television, fewer people are buying a physical newspaper, everything is online. And the only way that they can make money is if you click on a link. That's why everything is increasingly sensationalized, and it's no longer about reporting facts both sides of the aisle, a headline that makes you emotional causes you to click it. The article gets you pissed off, which sends you to the comment sections to argue with people. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. They're simply just using trigger points. A question posed. How is it working out for you? It's not working out for me because I'm not participating in it. I mean, outside of, I guess, this conversation, and the truth of the matter is I wouldn't be having even a lot of these conversations if you didn't bring them to me because I don't read the news like you do. I don't care. Right. Often, I don't care. Has constantly reading, liking, retweeting, commenting, your outrage made your life any better at all? Your family better? Is your life more fulfilled? Has it accomplished anything for you whatsoever? And the fact of the matter is it just makes you more angry, more pissed off, more in this cycle of creating boogeymen rather than just don't look. Stop it. For all of eternity, for all of humans' existence, the powerful people created monsters to keep the lower classes behaving. It's not any different now. The last paragraph, the point I want to end on is probably the most important. Your anger does not make you right. Your being offended does not make you right. Oh my God, Ricky Gervais said that, and that's a quote I use often. Just because you're offended doesn't mean it's offensive. It's actually funny to me because I knew that about you. And in the recent years i have felt like you have reacted to being offended or people feeling offended more than i knew you to before because you were the one that always said to me just because you're offended that doesn't make it offensive you taught me that uh-huh. and now i'm more offended than i used you to be? seem to be you seem to be more affected by people being offended by things this is where i would normally ask you for an example but uh you mentioned on the podcast you don't like it when i do that so i'm not going to <laughs> but i'm offended i'm outraged <laughs> and now we're done recording. Oh, no, we're not. We have chicken kale soup to talk about. Mm. And I, it had beans in it. That, <laughs> I made beans. That, you made beans. That article just synthesized some thoughts that I had. There's, it's not incredibly groundbreaking, but I'm going to post that on our Facebook and let people see what we're talking about. Sure. And I've said this before, when you when something finally resonates with you, it's not a new idea. And it's not that someone hasn't already said it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that other leaders in the past haven't already said the exact same thing to you. Yeah. But for whatever reason, 
it finally resonated. And now you can embody it and you can understand it and you can make the changes that are required for your life to feel better to not be involved in the outrage culture. Is the purpose of this to make me outraged? And if so, are those the kinds of things that I want to be putting into my life on a consistent basis? And, and, and I'm not immune to, that's the thing, is that it's not holier than now. It's not that I've got this all in, under control. You're giving yourself permission to be you, by the way, by saying those words. Certainly. And I appreciate that we often say we didn't get it right. We don't exactly know. We're going to answer a question that we don't know the answer to. Rather than coming to this table with all of the answers. Oh, we don't have it all figured out. Oh, hell no, we Here's don't. Here's a good and neither, example. And neither does anyone listening. Someone brought this up just the other day. This idea that the best growers, the best farmers, the best gardeners will tell you they don't know it all and they fail every day. To me, it's the exact same situation. You can't be whatever holier than thou that you potentially think you might be if you don't understand immediately that you don't know it all and you are going to fail. And that's how it works in the garden. Even the most educated gardener, farmer, the oldest, wisest, most experienced grower that you know doesn't know it all and is going to make mistakes. And if they tell you they don't, then they're not the best. They're not what they think they are. They're in their ego. Building a soup, building a soup. I love building a soup. So I brought beans into our life the other day. The magical fruit. <laughs> you had mentioned that you had a chicken and you were going to cook a chicken. And I was like, all right, well, I got kale, chicken, kale. Oh, you know what? I think I recall that there's a white bean chicken kale soup. So I looked up some recipes and indeed there was an option for that. This is easy. And the kids like chicken soup. Most kids like chicken soup. My daughter likes chicken soup. So let's give this a try and see what you think. Had to go to the grocery store to get the white beans. But everything else we had, right? Everything else we had. Carrots. had carrots in it. Just kale. Did you pull only kale out of that bag of mixed greens? I just grabbed yeah. a couple of handfuls out and got the measurement that I needed. That's so perfect. There was all like kinds that. of things in that soup that weren't just kale. Good. We just built a soup from scratch, and it's so much fun to do. So much fun? Yeah, because you and I can taste it, add to it. It needs a little more of this. It needs a little bit more of that. It needs a little bit more thyme. Did you put thyme in it? Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. No, I did not. <laughs> what flavors did it have? It starts out, of course, you make your chicken in your Instant Pot. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to shred up that son of a bitch. The whole chicken? Yep. Did you use the whole chicken in that recipe? I used two separate things of leg quarters. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it was all dark meat. Where we buy our whole chickens, they're out of whole chickens because the Texas Freeze screwed up their entire, like the entire Actually, hatchery. the Texas Freeze didn't screw it up. Oh? The U.S. Postal Service screwed it up. What do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. I hope that you will. The U.S. Postal Service would not pick up chickens hatched. From small hatcheries. Oh. Period. They stopped picking up their chickens. But the freeze caused that decision in the sense of, it's a bad decision. It's not an equitable decision. But the, the freeze, if I understand it correctly, made them need to focus their attention and small On hatcheries. On the big and industry small hatcheries. Correct. That's not cool. 
the places like your big box stores where we encourage people to not buy their chickens from because you always end up with a bunch of roosters and you always end up with sick chickens with sprouted legs and scissor beaks and all kinds of weird stuff like that. Yeah. That's the only they chickens you could get. Priority. Right. Our guys mm -hmm. that buy chickens from the small Texas hatcheries. Have not received chickens until recently. Exactly. Supply so now chain. they're having to regrow their chickens up. Mm -hmm. And so now... You don't have, we don't have access to chicken, but the people at the buy chicken from the grocery store have access to chicken. Well, it's not the end of the world in our home because we tend to enjoy dark meat. So I've been able to buy those leg quarters from our farmer's market vendor, Turkey Hollow Farms. So this was two leg quarters. And the answer to your question is, is the only herb that was used was oregano, your dried oregano, I used it. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, put paprika and everything. So I kind of added a dash of this and a dash of that. You added that. <laughs> you say so. But you're building your soup, which means that it usually starts with your onion and your oil. Then you add your garlic. Then you add your carrots because, you know, they're, they're going to need a little bit of cook time. Did you see that onion thing I sent you? Yes, I did. And I'm going to print that out and put it to memory. Maybe make a tattoo of it and put it on my body. <laughs> Five different onions, sweet, yellow, purple, white shallots and what you would use them for if you're making choices mm -hmm. my reply back was why are you making things so complicated <laughs> it's yellow onion for everything in this house that's not true that's because not I, true because i've recently learned the value of the shallot what it is is it's what onions do we have available from our local farmers or our backyards well, that's I, the onion that goes in this mm, onion dish oh i appreciate <laughs> that virtue signaling but i do buy a good amount of onions from the grocery store virtue signaling mm -hmm. <laughs> lifestyle signaling trending yeah. trending words now have i outraged you <laughs> click on me <laughs> okay so what do i have in my pot i've got my oil <laughs> i've got my onions i've got my garlic i got my carrots good to go then i'm adding my two cans of white beans here comes my oregano salt pepper and then my chicken stock from out of the freezer i was glad to make this chicken dish because i used those bones to make stock we were getting desperately low darling desperately low what don't worry babe fully stocked now good I get a text every Wednesday from the farmer's market vendor where we buy our meat. Uh -huh. And I told her, I'm going to need two whole chickens and three pounds of ground meat. Because uh -huh. that was another supply chain problem. The, ground meat. The, the ground meat. Mm -hmm. The freeze decimated meat at these vendors because there was no meat available for several days in a row at the grocery store. And if you think about small farmers, right, they're growing their animals to know, okay, well, this is the timing we're going to need to have the next processing so that we have enough meat and they don't want to spend money that they don't have to spend. So they do it in a way with the understanding of how many customers they generally have. Yeah, they, they Well, during the crazy freeze where the local guys are the only rockets. ones that have anything yeah. because somehow the grocery store's distribution is broken down. Right. Even though they get taken care of as a top priority when the other ones get shut off, whatever. They have more money. They I'm, win. I'm apparently outraged about this thing. <laughs> that's right. Because... You should go post about it right now. Let's take a pause. <laughs> so you add your stock, and then that's when you add your shredded chicken in. That's already cooked. Cover it. Simmer it 15 to 25 minutes. I went on the longer side. Add your sliced kale leaves, or in our case, the uh, mixture that you brought to the table, and you put that in. Simmer it till it's just tender, just a few minutes, and then dinner is served. The soup was easy to make. I brought mm -hmm. you in a couple of times to taste. And the... I said toast. We need toast. No, 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 no. Cheesy garlicky toast. Tell the story correctly. 
Mr. Picky's coming over. <laughs> oh, yes. I got the text. And the vegan Can... friend that had the subpar grilled cheese sandwich just a few weeks ago. She didn't come over. But I thought she was coming over. So I was like, it's time to flex some grilled cheese muscles. <laughs> That's right. There were complaints about my grilled cheese sandwiches? Vegan, by the way, is incorrect if she eats grilled cheese. Just so people don't think we're dumb. We're not. Only when we are. <laughs> Truth. I went to the grocery store when I was buying my white beans and I bought delicious sourdough fresh from the bakery bread. Mm -hmm. Some higher quality cheese than just your, you know. Sliced American. No, 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 no. That's not going to make its way into our home to begin with. But marble just, cheese. Yeah, like a Colby Jack. And I put love and care and a drop of my own blood into each sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was grilled cheese. Sand. Now, yours was the, that gluten-free bread that I talked about that I had found a couple of weeks ago. I, that mm -hmm. with some of that same Canali Farm yep. cheese with the rosemary and the garlic on top. I haven't asked you about your cheese dipping, but those grilled cheese sandwiches were next level exceptional. It was very, very good. And the best part of the picky eater dinner this time, <laughs> we get to the table and Lily goes... He told me he'd never eaten soup before. Soup. Not chicken soup. Everyone, soup. Everyone's welcome at our table. Everyone's welcome. You're going to find people that eat nothing but soup. You're going to find people that eat soup on occasion. Uh-huh. Never would have dreamed. I would have never. I don't even know. I didn't know that existed. People that didn't eat I've soup. I've never eaten soup. I said, didn't your mom crack open a can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup when you were sick from school in uh -huh. elementary school? I mean, come on. And he was like, yeah, I'm I sure she did. Maybe. I don't know, but I've never eaten soup. I go, now, if I call your mom, is she going to tell me she, you're full of shit? <laughs> no, I've never eaten soup before. So it was just like fun. I, and we, we say that with all like kindness of because course. it's just, you know, yeah, I mean, we're going to, we're going to bust your balls a little bit if you come sit at our table. That's what it is. But it's very easygoing. We love you very much. You had the soup the next night. How was the soup? Excellent. It was really good. Excellent. I'll post this recipe. I love chicken soup. Fantastic. I love soup. Yeah. It's an easy win. It was a little cold that night too, so it was perfect. Perfect. Now it's time for something you've all been waiting for. Table topics. Bring it. I've got the question for you. I'm ready. Who is the quirkiest person in the room? You. That's e that easy? You're the quirkiest person in the room where two of us are currently sitting. You're very, very quirky. And anyone listening agrees with me. Your answer should be me. you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, Aislinn. I, the reason Fastest I... Fastest table topics ever. See you next week. We're both pretty quirky. So if you put you in the room without me, you're very quirky. Hmm. I promise you there's people listening to this podcast that have known you even longer than me. That are like, of course, Joe Hilliard is quirky. I would think that I'm not the quirkiest person in the room in most rooms that I go into. I bet you I could go into that friend group of yours from high school and say, is Joe quirky? That's an unanswered question from next week. I don't fit with people that aren't quirky. That's been proven in my lifetime. <laughs> what's what's quirky about? You've got red hair. What's quirky about you? Yeah. Everything. What's quirky about me? Red hair is what makes me quirky. That's a quirky choice. Well, so is bald with a beard. No, it isn't. Okay, you think bald... I would choose this? You think I would choose this hell? You might choose the 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 beard. The beard you choose. I That's wonder about quirky. that. Would I have a beard if I wasn't bald? If you were with me, you would, because I like your beard. I thought you liked my beard because it accentuated the whole bald thing. Being bald's not quirky. Being bald just means that we're the last group on earth that can be 
ridiculed and discriminated against. Oh, so now cancel culture is canceling shampoo. I see how you are. Just like LL Cool J teaches us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.